initiating startup. You're listening to the Loud and Queer podcast, Australia's only national radio show by and for queer youth. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation for your Sunday afternoon. Uh, I am Sammy. Uh, he, him are my pronouns. I'm 18 and uh, pansexual. I'm joined by Laura. Hi, I'm Laura. I'm 20 years old. I identify as queer and my pronouns are he, uh, she, her and they, them. Hi, my name is Wolfie and I'm 22 and my pronouns are they and them and I am very queer. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, so coming up on the show, we have some news. We're going to be talking about the, uh, the Pakistan election that just finished up. Uh, Triple J released a survey which has some interesting news about bisexual men and coming out. Uh, we're also going to be talking about queer stereotypes within the queer community, uh, thoughts on them, and then finishing up with some froth or not. Uh, but for now, here's the uh, 2014 classic by Against Me, uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. Hello, you were listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. I am uh, Sammy, and what you just heard was Transgender Dysphoria Blues by Against Me. Uh, so in queer news today, we're talking about the Pakistan election that occurred on the 25th of July. Um, just wanted to kind of put a disclaimer out there that we, like none of us have experience as being a trans person in Pakistan, but that's what we're talking about today. So we really want to just kind of explore it and put the facts out there. Um, and what was really interesting was that 17 trans people ran uh, in pre-selection for the election this year. Um, 12 of them dropped out due to financial reasons, but five actually ran. Um, the most prominent one being Nayab Ali, a trans activist, and one of the four who ran and told Time that the transgender community is progressing slowly in Pakistan. We're finding positions in various industries like education and journalism, but the real change-making power lies in politics. Um, a lot of her um, policies were around things like education, water treatment, um, health, unemployment... So things anyone else might talk about in politics, clearly. Um, but what was really amazing was there's this kind of completely different culture around what it is to be queer in Pakistan. For instance, homosexuality is illegal, but they do recognise a kind of third gender, um, which includes trans people in it. Yeah, so um, in 2009, the Supreme Court ruled that... Uh I believe the pronunciation is Hijras, but H-I-J-R-A-S, uh, could get national identity cards as a third sex. And last year, the government issued its first passport with a transgender category. Uh, and a new bill passed last year, allowing Pakistanis to determine their own gender identity. And uh, the government also clamped down on harassment and discrimination against the trans community. So, yeah, there's been, been steps made. And then, obviously, having, I believe it was five... Um, in the, the final run of the election. Yeah. Five trans, transgender people running is obviously a huge thing for identity. There's also uh, a lot of, like, trans representation in... The, there is a, a newsreader in Pakistan. I can't remember their name right now. Yeah, Mavia Malik, who we've discussed on the show in season two, oh, okay. is um, Pakistan's... I think only transgender newsreader and at the time that the story was being told about her, sorry, this is producer Jay just dropping in with the facts. Saving me. Um, hey Jay. <laughs> hey, um, one of our contributors, Julia Kanapathapalai, actually wrote a article about Mavia 
um, about how she's not only Pakistan's first transgender newsreader, but she's only 20 years old. So, um, Julia, they got to actually talk to Mavia, and it's super, super cool. And I'll put a link to the podcast up on Sin Loud on Twitter, so you can find us as at SYN Loud. And back to you guys. Um, So, I guess what was quite striking for me was that... um also, thanks, Jay, um, <laughs> for your contribution. Uh, everyone go read the article. Um, what was striking for me was, like, when you think of Pakistan, you think of um, conservatism, war maybe, I don't know, drug trade, like, things that are very stereotypical of how Western people view the Middle East. Um, but what was really interesting as I dove into kind of the politics around queer identities was, like, there are sort of different definitions, and although things are pretty bad at the moment for the trans people um they are kind of slowly getting better which is you know not the the best thing but better than you know going backwards um and what I thought was interesting to talk about was Nayar Bali who was kind of the most prominent um person running in the electorate of Akara um and also her counterpart um Lubna Nal. They both ran in the PTIG um, faction, which is a faction run by um, one of the main political parties, but kind of branched off um, by a woman called Ayesha Gulalai Wazir, who created her own faction after like harassment from the, um, the political party that won this year, PTI. So it's kind of interesting that she... <clears throat> sorry, was the main reason, like, four trans people were given um, ballots this year, which was really interesting. Uh, yeah, anything else to add to it? or? Um, no, I think we've kind of covered it. I mean, it's a really complex issue. Um, I would encourage everyone to read up about it, but as far as we are aware, um, none of them actually won any seats. It's been really hard to find sort of information, like post-election, about what happened, but um, one thing I'd like to point out is Nayab Ali is actually putting out a book soon, so I'm really keen to read that if there's an English translation. Um, But yeah, just a... Really interesting topic we might be able to delve into more in the future. Yeah, no, exciting. Yeah, again, I think it's important to preference that none of us are transgender people from Pakistan. So it's, um, you know, it's probably not our place to have too an in-depth conversation on it. Um, Especially me personally, I'm not very diverse in in Pakistan queer politics. Mm. But um, it's, you know, it's great to talk about it and shout it out because this is loud and queer and these are people that are very loud and queer so <laughs> exactly there you go um so yeah next up on the agenda for news um triple j conducted a very interesting survey uh, It was called the what's up in your world survey and uh they've been calling it like the census for young people in their their posts about it on like triple j hack and uh yeah the survey of eleven thousand people aged 18 to 29 found young men who identify as gay are twice as likely to have come out as bisexual men so, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting. Uh, 40% of participants who identified as bisexual male also stated that they have not come out, while it was 48% for bisexual women, uh, while gay slash lesbian people who had come out was in, like, the mid-80s. I think gay men who had come out was, like, 82%, and uh, lesbian women were 86%. 
so like double um, those who identified as bisexual. Um, mm. Yeah, the survey also found young women were twice as likely to identify as LGBTQI plus than young men, and only one percent of men who conducted the survey survey identified as pan, which I found really interesting mm. as a pansexual person. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, um, I feel that it says a lot that um, with the expectations we place on sexuality and how it's a gendered thing, uh, and therefore that's why you get like it. It seems to be that it's more socially accept- acceptable for women to identify as LGBTQI than young men. So uh, maybe that is why the, sti- the sti- sti- statistics <laughs> of the survey are like that. Yeah. And then um, I also think personally that like toxic masculinity comes into it in a big way. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, as someone who actually called in, there's an article Triple J Hack by Avani Dias that is definitely worth checking out that is kind of like discussing this. And uh, someone who called into the the Hack program talked about um, someone who was bisexual but hadn't come out yet. I kind of just discussed it being like they don't think there's a lot of representation of bisexual men in like media entertainment. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they they were saying that, to quote from them... I'm just trying to find the right quote. Um, they're basically talking about, like, it just detracting from their masculinity or, like, mm-hmm. they kind of saw it as that. So this person was, like, very... They hadn't come out yet, and they said that even kind of as bisexual, the discussion around coming out is just really not there because it's like, oh, I'm also... I also find women attractive, so I fit into this this mm-hmm. box, so it's fine. And then they said that even, like, filling out the survey was the first time they'd been asked like about their uh, like sexuality wow which is yeah very interesting mm. so then what do you think that uh, only one percent of men in the survey identified as pan is it because um people don't know what being pan pansexual is or is it because that i mean like because like generally men have like a less of an experience with the queer community and that's why they don't really know what it is or yeah i definitely think it, it's both of that and probably some other factors as well like yeah i guess pansexuality is just like a bit more of a not niche but like less well-known concept mm. than mm. bisexuality i definitely have a lot of uh like cis straight friends from or i come from darwin who have like tried to explain it to and they're like oh so like bisexual and like uh, like bisexual Can't. umbrella but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's um, what I was wondering when you were reading this out um how in-depth did they go with uh surveying other like sexualities that are kind of known to be under the bi umbrella yeah um I don't think it was too well represented or looked into I didn't complete the survey myself um but um yeah from the results that they put forward it wasn't really going too in depth. I think mm. pan, like talking about people who identify as pansexual, was the the furthest they went in terms of like the less well known. Um, yeah, the other letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just cur- I'm just curious. So um, besides sexuality, did they survey like gender, or anything else? Uh, not really. They, especially in this this article that I'm talking about by Vani Dias, um they didn't really discuss it they talked about 
gender having an effect on um, how people come out. But um, yeah, it wasn't really discussed, which probably would have affected the results differently if they had included kind of more inclusive language in the survey, I guess. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because it's... I guess you kind of just have to... Gee, I don't know, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I definitely think that it probably could have been conducted a bit better, but then uh, I guess it's also worth noting that while this the survey as a whole is really interesting, it is also just a survey. A survey and, like, while they've been calling it the census for young people, it's nowhere near yeah, it's the, the <laughs> level of the census. Not quite. Well, well, that, well, that was very interesting, yeah. Um, actually, in terms of, like, the census, I don't think it's particularly accurate as well in terms of uh, how... In terms of survey, the last census was such a mess. Yeah. And, yeah, but... It's good. It's really interesting that um, this survey were, was conducted so recently. Um, but yes, I think that's that's yeah, that's wonderful news. Yeah, and that that is all we have for our news this week. And you're listening to Loud and Queer, and our and with my name is Wolfie, and we have Laura and Sammy. And our next song is. Swell by Imbi the Girl. I choose not to read my mail in case I fail to do my taxes. Hello. So today we're talking about queer stereotypes, uh, specifically within the community itself. And uh, first up, we have um, Sammy with. Um, oh, your stereotype. Take it from here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take it away. We got this. <laughs> What a, what a build-up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to be talking about how um, it's, I don't know, kind of, it can be serious, but also I do find it funny at times, is that um, kind of the stereotype that people under the bisexual umbrella are kind of unstable in relationships and, like, cheat often. And oh, yeah. I, I guess I guess it just it spawns from the fact that uh, people under the bisexual umbrella, like me, for example, who is pan, like, uh, are attracted to... A lot of different genders and people so there's kind of this assumption that they're just going to be interested in everyone <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah and then also for me as someone who is questioning whether i'm demisexual or not at the moment i'm not really that at all like i don't i'm attracted to very few people <laughs> mm. um so yeah it's just kind of funny when someone assumes that i'm going to be into everyone <laughs> it's just yeah mm. come across it a lot especially when i was growing up in darwin I'm not growing up, but but before I moved from Darwin, it was it was very comfortable with the fact that I was pan. Um, yeah, it was just kind of always like, oh, look at that person. That they're nice. It's like, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, I actually identified as bisexual for like five years, and now I have this like running joke where I'm like, yeah, so I used to be bisexual, but I'm not one of those like like white teenage girls that was like doing it for attention I swear (laughs) I was confused Um, (laughs) and then like you have all those people being like like the ones you're dating are like in really insecure and then the people that like know of you as bisexual are like really um like honestly they're really up themselves I'm always like why do you think I'm attracted to you literally like leave me alone (laughs) I want to go sit in my room by myself most of the time so yeah so why do you think that people um, perceive bisexual people that way, or people who fall under that umbrella? Um, 
I don't know. I guess it, it is because that they are attracted to two or more genders that it's like, oh, you're just attracted to a lot of people. But it's like, mm. no, I'm attracted to a lot of genders. That doesn't necessarily entail that I just want to have sex with everyone. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and I guess like a lot of, in like pop culture, a lot of figures like, like David Bowie or like more recently Janelle Monet kind of use like, like the term fr- like free, like I'm free to... Uh, be interested in whoever I want to be. Mm. So it's like that that kind of like, I guess people associate it with like sexual freedom um, and liberation, but you know, doesn't necessarily mean that, I guess. Well, sexual liberation is doing what you want with your body, isn't it? So it's like, yeah, you know, if you don't want to do anything with your body, you just don't. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so my stereotype was the uh, lesbian U-Haul. Uh, <laughs> which I actually like I I don't know about the queer community knowing this one in Australia but I know a lot of my straight friends don't um have you two heard of it oh yeah definitely before? like once you're like in a relationship it's like moving in together mm. and then joint bank account yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> joint everything so um I didn't know about it till I watched the L word, which we really don't need to get into the politics of that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, putting that aside, I only heard about it then because I didn't know what U-Haul was. It's just like a moving truck company. And the joke is that lesbians are so intense that uh, <laughs> when they get in a relationship, they move in on the second date. And uh, I was actually watching this show on Stan called Younger. Don't know if you have heard of it before um it has hillary duff in it which i think is amazing (laughs) i'm reliving some uh what's her name um what's her what's the character lizzie mcguire i'm reliving some lizzie mcguire vibes um but on the show there's this great best friend of the main character um called maggie and she is a lesbian and has a lot of lesbian lovers over at her artsy brooklyn apartment and there was this joke that came up and Someone said, I think it was Hilary Duff. She says, like, what do you call, um, what's the joke? Like, what do you call, oh no, what do, what do lesbians bring to the second date? And I knew immediately it was going to be the U-Haul and said it along <laughs> having having never seen this show in my life. And my friend, my straight best friend just like, like double taked at me. Like, what did you just do? <laughs> So, yeah, like, I think it's one of the best jokes, um, which can and sometimes isn't true, but I think it's pretty harmless and pretty funny. Oh, yeah, definitely. And along those lines, I guess uh, the stereotype that I wanted to talk about today was um, <laughs> was those spicy lesbian memes that you get that have been floating around the past few months. Um, so, basically, the whole premise is that... Uh, when you have you have like a lesbian and if a girl like and you have like two lesbians and they just don't know if the other lesbian is flirting or into them in fact laura you said you you summed it out pretty well just now with that uh oh one of my favorite memes at the moment is um the lesbian's like i don't know if she's into me and then the girl she likes is like Oh, I think you're really pretty. And she's like, oh, that could just be, like, friendship stuff. And then the girl she likes is <laughs> saying, uh, what was it? Um, I want to date you. And the lesbian's like, does she really want to date me? Or is she just <laughs> being friendly? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, so like... So I there mean... are a few of those going around. I really love me a good uh, lesbian meme. So basically, um, as... So I did identify as lesbi- as a lesbian, like, a few, few probably t- t- two years, a year ago. And uh, I found that particularly true in that you couldn't, I couldn't tell for the life of me if um, someone was interested, even though, like, they said it to my face, like, I, let's date, I really like you. And I was like, oh, like, what does that, does that mean, like? Can you define that? Yeah. Or, <laughs> well, like, seeing friends just, like, so close to dating but they just like don't end up dating and you're like why and they're like oh uh, i don't i didn't know she liked me i i liked her too but like and then they have the same answer to like they didn't know and Mm -hmm. it's just it's just kind of sad but like endearing and like everyone knows lesbians too it's really sweet (laughs) well like waiting for someone else to make the first move Mm. which Mm -hmm. um actually in queer in queer dating that happens quite a lot like you like there's this period of waiting for someone to ask the other on a first date out mm-hmm. and i'm just like just wondering on a bit of a more serious note is that because in straight relationships that is what is expected of a woman well i actually i don't know exactly about that but i read something really interesting it was just someone online that posted saying like they've had a lot of problems with like female relationships when they come out and then the the friend says they're fine and like everything's good but like a lot of queer women kind of chimed into this and said yeah I've had this experience where even though they've said it's okay they're kind of like distant or they don't have the same like kind of cuddly um friendship that like you'll see with two straight girls Mm. like that they're always like be a bit more withdrawn because they're worried about looking like I don't know a predator or something (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's kind of sad I think that's sad because people a lot of people are kind of chiming in and saying yeah this has actually affected my relationships with other women wow that that is really sad Mm. um but yeah like in fact oh there's another another me mm, I think this one's like with gay men um, where it's Hit like, me. have you seen? Okay, so basically, um, there's like a lot of like top and bottom like jokes going uh, around. I was contemplating talking <laughs> about the one these. Night. These are in my my friend group specifically. Yeah, these get thrown around far too often. <laughs> <laughs> please explain. Oh yes, please explain. Uh, I I tried Come to avoid talking about it because it's I don't know. This is a fairly oh. PG show. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's just essentially referring to the which position you prefer to be in in sex and the, the personality traits that are given, <laughs> like, like, stereotyped among those people. Okay. <laughs> Hi, you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation, and that was Waste of Time by Alex the Astronaut. Um, we're entering our Froth or Not segment, where we, which we do every week, where we just talk about something we really liked or really hated. Uh, I think we're going to Sammy first. Yeah, hey, so I've been really frothing gig jumping this week, which is a thing that is very new to me because I've just moved to a city where there is enough gigs to jump them. Um, <laughs> Relatable. Yeah, so it's uh, last Friday I went out with my sister who... Is also queer. Shout out to Ruby. Um, and they've been nice. they do a lot of stuff. They're very busy, very important. So don't get to catch up often. So it was it was good just the two of us. 
we went to see this band called Toddy playing at Yaya's. They were very interesting. They're signed to Ratbag Records, which is like June Rat's label, which is an Australian punk band. Very oh, cool. Very like blokey and like kind of, I don't know, just like funny, but also problematic in some aspects. But Toddy were just like that, except um, they're fronted by a woman who is also like talked exactly like, like a toxic cis man would. So we, it was just like hilarious <laughs> because it was like, I guess, I don't know. She just like was talking about how she broke her finger because she was trying to catch a football and it hit her the wrong way and then she just yelled out, footy! <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then, then after that we, we quickly ran to Belleville to, um, uh, to see this, this other really cool band called Retiree who would just, like, make, like, very, like, kind of 80s-inspired kind of electronic dance. And it was just a, it was just a nice way to, to, like, top off the night. And then, yeah, it's just... Again, like normally, it's like such in my mind, unless it's like a festival, obviously, that it's just like cool, we're just gonna see this one band, maybe some supports. But mm. it was, I really enjoyed running around the city, going to all these different artists and making a full night of it. Mm, it sounds amazing. I remember when I moved here from Perth like six months ago, and I was like, there's there are more than five bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, how about you, Wolfie? Oh, you, you, mm, I don't ever go and see live music a lot. Um, but yeah, that sounds like quite an experience. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned or not as well, but they were both free gigs, which is why oh, wow. I Amazing. can't afford to go to multiple gigs a night unless they're free. But oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. Again, another thing, benefits of living in a big city that I've found is that free things happen. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Entry to bars is free. What? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, what are you frothing or nodding this week, Wolfie? Oh, I've, hmm, I've been thinking. So I think I'm going to froth. I had a workshop last weekend with the Belarus Free Theatre Company, and it was, it was really good. Um, they're a, they're the only exiled theatre company in the world, and they were talking about how they absolutely do not like to or uh, refuse to perform um, classical plays. <clears throat> and the reason being is that they believe that every one of us has a story to tell and people need to hear that story, even if you're just a, you're just a uni student who's struggling people need to hear the story of like what you've been through because there are so many th- um there's so many like issues around the around Australia in particular where that is not being talked about so like student poverty or like um how we have like tall poppy syndrome and uh you know the housing issue it's not like it's being said in the media mentioned in the media but it's not being talked about in depth in like like how can we resolve these things so that's why, yeah, so I did that workshop, and it was really interesting, um, and yeah, so it was a good time, uh, learned about how that, how we can use, like, our stories to help, um, to, to tackle these issues, and, uh, yeah, it was an enjoyable experience. Mm, sounds amazing. So, yeah, um, what did you do this week, Laura? Uh, well, last week, I went to the MoMA exhibit. At Ooh. the National Gallery of Victoria, which so jealous. is a little yeah. bit uh, Melbourne-centric. But if you are in Melbourne, you should get down there. It's really cool. 
Um, but something I didn't expect to see there was the rainbow, fl- like, pride flag. Um, oh. And the artist statement was really interesting because I didn't actually know that anything, like, on the pride flag meant anything. <laughs> and maybe I'm just, like, a bit ignorant. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was really interesting. So I'm just going to read out a little bit from that, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, please. Um, so basically it was designed by this guy called Gilbert Baker in 1978. Um it's got the six coloured stripes, obviously, and they all have a meaning. Um, red is for life, orange for healing, yellow for sunlight, green for nature, blue for serenity, and violet for spirit. And I just thought it was really sweet. Um, and I was like, why is this even here? But it was kind of like, oh, I guess because it's modern art and this is kind of like a modern design concept that is like really widely recognised now. And yeah, just thought that was some cute queer history for you yeah, I actually thought that um, each colour represented a different, like, sexuality for some reason. I think there is actually two... I may be completely wrong here, but I remember seeing somewhere that there is two different versions of the the pride flag, and, like, mm, okay. that is the original one and the original interpretation, and then there's been oh. another one with maybe, what, like, an extra colour, and it, like, is kind of more to be, like, these are the the kind of umbrellas of in the within the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, mm. interesting. But oh. Uh, maybe that's a topic for a later week, though. Oh, yeah. Probably to go into it, because I'm sure I got something wrong there. But <laughs> Also, uh, on the topic of flags, and uh, well, how we talked about um, queer stereotypes before, I just wanted to mention a les- another lesbian stereotype is that... Um, lesbians can't decide on a on a lesbian flag a lesbian pride flag so there's at least like i think 14 right now different lesbian (laughs) flags (laughs) i know that like i've seen these really unofficial ones that some like design student has made that are just like full of um like random symbols and things and it's like they all represent like lipstick lesbian or like butch (laughs) or whatever and it just goes like so crazy and i'm like why (laughs) please don't (laughs) but there are some more stereotypes to uh, explore if you if you were short on any but there are yeah gotta collect gotta collect all those lesbian flags (laughs) Um, anyway uh we're gonna throw to a song now by an awesome singer slash rapper from new jersey a part of the 070 collective who are doing very exciting things in hip-hop right now this is uh glitter by 070 shake hi so that was glitter by 070 shake and uh, you you are listening to the Loud and Queer show, and my name is Wolfie, and I'm joined by... Hi, Laura. I'm Sammy. Oh, and I'm Laura. And you've been listening to Loud and Queer, and thank you very much, and uh, have a good evening, night. Yeah, yeah. Just, just to wrap up on what we talked about on the show, we, we talked about the um, Pakistan election and that five tran- transgender people ran. Uh, we talked about tr- Triple J doing a survey and finding that bisexual men were the least likely to come out. Um, we talked about queer stereotypes and then finished on Froth or Not. Oh, yes. Mm. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. You can tune in to hear Loud and Queer streaming live on SinNation at sin.org.au or on digital radio every Sunday from 4pm Australian Eastern Standard Time or 2pm if you're on the West Coast. Our podcast music is by accident. You can find more of their music on Bandcamp. You can find more of our episodes on Omni, Stitcher and iTunes and on Twitter at SinLoud. 
Loud and Queer is produced on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, whose sovereignty was never ceded. spicy queer memes mm, yeah pretty good um one of my favorites is i can't remember what show it's from but it's it's this gif of someone saying um i don't like oh what's the thing oh sorry now i've forgotten now 